everybody, and happy Thursday. Welcome to Coffee with a Therapist. I've got some coffee this morning, and like I have this cool cup that my friend Sydney gave to me. Um, it has a J on it for my first name, Jenny, and I love it. I've actually drinking out of this coffee cup for the last two days, and despite its like large opening, it actually keeps heat fairly well. And I'm not here to, I don't even know where this cup is from. Um, I'm just giving appreciation for the small moments in life because I think it's important, especially right now that we find little things to, to be grateful for. And I definitely am grateful for the little things and a good cup of joe, that is for sure. I want to dive into explaining more of my Instagram and TikTok post about adult children of toxic parents in romantic relationships. And the reason why I want to delve into how they are in romantic relationships is because how we are raised in our early attachment wounds directly influences how we relate and attach to our romantic partners. And in fact, I'm going to create or attach a PDF to my YouTube video and I'll try to attach it to this live video as well. And I'd highly recommend you do it because we actually did this PDF, and it's an Imago workup exercise in graduate school, and it was really interesting because we did the exercise, and then we kind of dialogued about it as a cohort, and almost every single person in the cohort was kind of like, whoa, this is, this is hitting home, this resonates, this is really interesting, so I would be curious for y'all to try it out for yourselves and see how it lands. Um, And don't fast forward. Do not read the third page. Don't read everything before you go through it. Just like go through it sequentially unless you'll mess it up. So definitely go through it sequentially. Don't read all the instructions, even though we were taught to do that as kiddos. Um, Because yeah, I don't want you to fast forward ahead and then ruin the exercise itself. Um, And with that, I want to go into the different features and traits we will see in romantic relationships if somebody has had attachment wounds. And number one is that typically they will feel overly sensitive or triggered by conflict, like any sort of conflict. So I'll hear things like, I just don't like conflict, or I'm just easygoing, or um, I don't like to rock the boat. And those are key indicators to me that somebody maybe doesn't know how to do conflict or conflict was dangerous as a kiddo for them like it didn't go well in their family system so they avoid it like the plague or they just become overly reactive when it does happen versus knowing how that conflict is inevitable and it's really important that we actually learn how to do conflict well and argue and disagree and still communicate what our needs are especially in romantic relationships Um, The other thing, too, is we'll see that people are typically overly triggered by their partner's emotions. So if our partner is feeling upset or anxious or angry, that person will A, either take on that emotion themselves or B, just find themselves feeling very anxious or unsettled until their partner is in a good mood. And so I don't know if this resonates for any of y'all, but, you know, again, if we've had childhood attachment wounds, it's almost like we don't know how to be okay if our partner is not okay. Or I'll hear things like, you know, I'm like they're doing well when their relationship is going well and they don't have any issues with their partner. But the minute they're having any fights or issues with their partner, you know, they may struggle with their own depression or their own mental health or say, wow, I had a really crappy week. 
And it's super dependent on how the relationship is going and how their partner is doing. Um, And also just kind of like wanting to like go in and fix that for our partners. Like if we are like, oh, I need them to be in a good space and I need them to like, I feel like overly responsible for curing their anxiety or stress or depression. um, That's another feature that we'll see too. The other thing we'll see is um, trying to read between the lines or mind reads. So a person who's grown up in a toxic family system, you know, they may have seen passive aggressive behaviors. So they just are kind of trying to read between the lines and may also feel like maybe their partner isn't telling them everything or their partner doesn't, um, isn't like letting them know when they're upset about stuff in their relationship. And so they assume that there is no direct communication. And so with that, they start to try to read between the lines and figure out what's said and sometimes put their own trauma narrative on things when there really isn't any issues or anything there. So that's something to look for as well. Um, Just secretly fearing that their partner's unhappy with them or upset with them, those sorts of things. You also may sacrifice your plans, your dreams, and goals in order to keep your partner happy. So... It's kind of that lack of like knowing that, hey, you get to have dreams, you get to have goals, you get to want to go do things in life. And if that is constantly making your partner unhappy, that may be something else um, going on. But some people, they just kind of like, they just assume like, hey, I'm always going to put the relationship first and my goals and dreams don't matter or my goals and dreams come second to the relationship. And again, that's not really how it's supposed to go. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't ever consider our partner's dreams and goals as well and try to collaborate with them and and see what we can do to come together on things. But if you are constantly sacrificing your own goals and dreams to stay in a relationship, it's a big indicator that maybe that isn't like a good fit in relationship for you. And for whatever reason, that may be really hard to face. Um, So, but yeah, but I also want to be real about that. Like our partner should be supportive of our dreams and goals for the most part. I mean, every now and then there might be something that, you know, doesn't align with what we need to do as a partnership. But for the most part, you should be able to go live your life and achieve your goals without always fearing that it's going to negatively impact your relationship. The other thing they may do is, is when they do have conflict or arguments or fights with their partner, they will tend to feel overly responsible or guilty for that fight or for how it went. And they may say things like, you know, I caught them right after work. And so it's kind of my fault that we even had that fight because I really should have known that they were stressed out already, you know, hearing things like that. And and I'm always like, okay, pause. Even if your partner is stressed out and it's maybe not the best timing for that conversation, it's their job to communicate to you that it's not the best time and let's have this at a different time. It still doesn't excuse their behaviors or how you know, intense that fight was or, you know, what they did in response to you having a conversation with them. So again, I see them kind of taking responsibility for like what is really their partners and their partner's reactions. And we, you know, there's never a perfect time of day. And even if we don't have all the stars aligned or we don't say things perfectly, it is still our partner's responsibility to be kind and loving and communicate what they need in a calm and respectful way, right? And I don't love that truth either because sometimes I'm like, dang it, whenever I get, you know, sassy or whenever I 
I'm responding in a way that like looking back, I'm like, ugh, I could have done that better. You know, I really do have to take ownership and face myself in that and face my own reactivity to my partner's reactions. But we are all responsible for our own reactions, even if we feel super triggered or our partner does something that is not cool. The other thing that they may do is they may struggle to set boundaries in a relationship, right? Like the actual act of doing that or what might be conflictual. And in addition to that, they may struggle to even know what their boundaries are because they've been so, like boundaries have not been an option for them um, and conflict isn't an option, which setting boundaries often means like you may have to have a conflictual conversation. And so because they avoid conflict and because conflict is like, something they try to not have as an option, you know, it makes sense that their brain has not really connected the dots on what is okay and what's not okay in their lives and figuring out what their own relationship boundaries are. So it's not just that they struggle to set boundaries, but oftentimes when I'm working with somebody that's had this history, they don't even know what their boundaries are. And it's this whole journey of self-discovery of figuring out like what what the heck do I even like, what does build resentment for me or what do I care about or what is not okay? And what are my values? Because they've never asked themselves those questions. And maybe that just didn't, it just didn't logically make sense for them in the past to do that. So they have to learn how to do that too and learn who they are and what their boundaries are. And then I've talked about this before, but we will see those different insecure attachment styles where somebody is either overly independent which means that, you know, they don't like asking their partners for help. They will only talk about surface level things. Um, They're kind of more like when you get two independent people together, they live more like roommates than like, you know, romantic partners. They might avoid conflict or, you know, just kind of like let somebody have their way because they're like, I'm just going to do my thing over here and you do your thing. Um, Or they might be overly clingy or anxious is what we call it, where, you know, they want to resolve everything and they want to make sure their partner's okay and they want to make sure the relationship's okay and um, everything gets talked through and um, they need certain things in a relationship and if they don't get them, they're going to be really unhappy, like affection and love and and just needing to have a, a depth with their partner that their partner may be able to give to them and may not. Or they can cycle in and out of both of those, which I think can be really confusing for not only the self, but our partners. If, you know, a person is consistently like, hey, I love you, I need you, clinging, and then the next moment is like, I don't need you, don't help me, I'm fine, that sort of thing, right? And you might, you might also have noticed these patterns within yourself, and sometimes, you know, when we look back and we're like, Mm, that was kind of messy, like, you know, that whole thing that I did. But again, it stems typically from these attachment wounds. And when we're able to heal them, we're able to heal those cycles and those patterns and not engage in those behaviors so we can actually have a healthy, loving relationship and connect with people in a safe way. I hope that kind of helps to explain some of the nitty gritty about how this shows up in our romantic relationships. I'd love to answer any questions that you may have about this um, or hear your feedback. So hope you all have a great day and I will chat and talk with you tomorrow.